Hello, and welcome to Carrie Ann's Literature Corner. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Dillon, and today I'd like to talk about an author whose works I feel have an important place in modern fantasy. So, Naomi Novak is the author of Uprooted, Spinning Silver, and the Temeraire series, and she's also the co-founder of the Hugo Award-winning organization for transformative works, also known as AO3, or Archive of Our Own. In Uprooted and Spinning Silver, Novak offers retellings and reframings of classic fairy tales. Her work can be examined through many lenses, from feminist theory to post-colonialism. She looks at some religion and class structure problems, too. And I'll probably write a blog post at some point about Spinning Silver, but today I wanted to do a podcast about Uprooted because I was just talking with an acquaintance about it, and it feels natural to continue talking. (laughs) So I'd like to share with you today some of the points I discussed with this acquaintance and one of the critical approaches we mentioned. Uh, This woman happened to be reading... Um, uprooted at work and she was pretty close to the end and while I was on break we struck up a conversation when I mentioned that I had read it a couple of years ago. All of a sudden we were up to our elbows in a conversation about ecofeminism and how it relates to the story and I couldn't wait to get home and put my thoughts kind of in order to share them with you. But let me rein in the horses for a moment and set things up for you. So the back cover of Uprooted sets the story kind of in the general vein of a Beauty and the Beast retelling. We have a wizard known as the Dragon who chooses a village girl and takes her to his tower to serve for 10 years, all in the shadow of an enchanted forest called The Wood. That seems relatively straightforward, right? Well, naturally, there's much more to all of that than we think. If you haven't already read the text, I suggest that you do. I'm afraid there are going to be spoilers ahead due to the intricacies of it all. If that doesn't bother you, and they ought not to distract too terribly from one's own experience of the book, then buckle in and take a breath, because we'll be talking about ecofeminism itself, what the conflict of man versus nature looks like in Uprooted, how hate compounds and what it takes to stop a cycle of hate. And then we're going to close with the overall relationship between fantasy and ecological concerns. So now's your chance to go read the book. Ready, go. Okay. So you've either stopped and read Uprooted, or you've decided to brave the ecofeminism discussion without it, but either way, you're here now. So let's take a stab at what my companion and I even meant when we said ecofeminism, before I jump into any analysis of the text. Ecofeminism has many different offshoots and interpretations, but at its core it connects violence against nature to violence against women. Basically, the idea that the exploitation of land and resources is directly paralleled by societies, read the capitalist patriarchies, treatment of women. 
So scholar Barbara Bennett highlights the ecofeminist concepts of interconnectedness and balance in her essay, Through Ecofeminist Eyes, Le Guin's The One Who Walks Away From Only Us, which is another short story everybody should read. Le Guin's The Ones Who Walk Away From Only Us. Go read it. Anyway, all versions of Uprooted have cover art that gives a visual suggestion to the interweaving of roots and vines and branches. So before you even open the book, a reader enters a headspace that's resonant with Bennett's statement that first, ecofeminists believe in the interconnectedness of all things. What happens in one part of the world, or in one life, will eventually affect all others in the way that all threads reverberate from a movement at any spot in a web. Readers can see how, as in any well-written story, the choices and actions of a character or a group of people create ripple effects that move the plot. That's kind of a given, isn't it? In Uprooted, this effect is created through the use of parallels between women and nature and an examination of how patriarchal systems impact both. Bennett continues with the second major concept behind ecofeminism is the proposition that a society based on cooperation and balance rather than dominance and hierarchy is necessary for continued survival on this planet. Throughout the novel, it becomes increasingly apparent that Uprooted's men, male characters, fear that which they do not understand and in so fearing, perpetuate hate. It's kind of like that Yoda quote. Uh, I think he says fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Uh, blah, 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 dark side, right? So the positioning of mankind, specifically men, against nature is very clear from the opening of the novel. And our main character, Agnieszka, introduces the idea of the dragon, the village girl taker and wizard of the local tower, uh, she introduces him by saying he's still a man and protects us against the wood. So, I mean, the function of that introduction is to reassure the reader that the dragon isn't a real dragon and that his function is, in part, at least to protect them. An ecofeminist lens, though, might focus on the significance of being protected against the wood rather than protected from we, it shows us that the dragon is actively opposed to the wood and that his job is to protect the kingdom from its malice, uh, which also confirms that the wood is alive in some warped, magical way. Before Agnieszka or the readers know the truth about the wood, Agnieszka implies that this man's power is needed to combat this mysterious natural force. I mentioned a few minutes ago that ecofeminism is also anti-capitalist and anti-patriarchal, and those kind of go hand in hand. And those aspects are shown repeatedly throughout the book, uh, beginning with Agnieszka's sensitivity to nature and the reactions of people around her to that sensitivity. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do a deep dive into how an ecofeminist lens can highlight anti-capitalist and anti-patriarchal undercurrents within Naomi Novak's Uprooted. If you're interested in purchasing Uprooted, please consider using the affiliate link provided in the description box 
or check my website's podcast text references box at carrieannedillon.com. Welcome back to Carrie Ann's Literature Corner. So far, we've introduced the idea of ecofeminism as an alignment of the suffering and degradation of women and nature. We established that the beginning of Uprooted seems to pit man against nature, and I'd like to continue on to a more detailed look at how the concept of ecofeminism pits itself against capitalist and patriarchal practices. So Agnieszka, our main character, is shown early on to have a sensitivity to the magic of the wood, and it is revealed to be an innate part of her that was disparaged from an early age by those around her. Her friend Cassia recalls, When we were little, you always used to tell me stories the pines told you, until one day your brother sneered at you for playing make-believe, and you stopped. Now, my acquaintance was very firm. She had a, <laughs> a very clear statement that feminism and ecofeminism are inherently anti-capitalistic because capitalism is an anti-environmental tool of the patriarchy. And I think her main point really is that capitalism values profit over the preservation of resources. We agreed that in Agnieszka's case, not only is feminine power dismissed, but the, her female resonance with nature is treated as childish. And the only exceptions were shown are instances that benefit Agnieszka's family. So when Agnieszka uses her ability to glean nuts, berries, or flowers from the wood, uh, when that manifests in food or profit, then no one naysays her abilities at all. They're valued. And I pointed out in our, the course of the conversation that patterns of exploitation of land and resources are often paralleled by the oppression and violation of women and other disenfranchised groups. And unfortunately, when marginalized people speak up for themselves and or for their lands, it's unfortunately not unusual for the hierarchical systems of media and politics to paint them as violent reactionaries or to undermine the validity of their anger, you know, by depicting them as unreasonable. Not to mention the disgusting tendency to violate sacred land or spaces for capital gain. I can think of several current examples, can't you? So, of her own valley, her own natural sacred space, Agnieszka learns that many, many years ago in the foundation of her kingdom, the sorcerer kings brought the tongue of magic west with them from the barren lands on the far side of the Rosia when they first settled the valley. And then the wood rolled over them, brought their fortresses low, and laid their fields waste. Described that way, it sounds like the old king and his men did nothing to deserve the destruction caused by the wood. But look, if the wood were the sole villain, the story would lose its depth and complexity. Bennett reminds readers that many of the problems in the world can be linked to the need for power and control, to hate and prejudice, all of which are effects of the patriarchal system that has been in place for thousands of years. So as it turns out, in Uprooted, there was a race of wood people native to the valley. And perhaps the Sorcerer King may have loved the Wood Queen that he took as a bride, but his men didn't share that sentiment. 
And once the king died, his men betrayed her and walled her up inside the, his tomb where she could not grow. So that's only part of the undercurrent of drama that drives the plot of Uprooted. And I'm not, I promise it's not giving anything too major away uh, because a lot of the stuff Agnieszka has to deal with is in her present timeline. But when the Wood Queen finally escapes, you know, she tries to reunite with her family, but finds that too much time has passed and that's not entirely possible for her. And as she's grieving, she hears the sound of men with axes attacking the forest, basically, and she loses control. So she attacks these men that she views as a threat to her people, and it's made clear that the desire for control and dominion over the land really did begin with that early king and his men, and that initiated the novel's overarching motif of man's exploitation of nature, and that's interwoven throughout all the other plot points. Once Agnieszka understands the truth, she says, I could see how the Wood Queen had hunted them all down. All the people of the tower, wizards and farmers and woodcutters all alike, and fed that misery onward. She'd remembered how to kill and how to hate, and she'd forgotten how to grow. So hate clearly begat hate, and in reaction to her abuse at the hands of human men, the woman, wood queen internalized violence and death, and as a result, she'd become as monstrous as they had been to her. She'd made the wood. And understanding the reasons behind the corruption of the wood sheds new light over the eco-feminist language that Uprooted uses. Knowing that the wood is the product of feminine pain, the struggle in the book is clearly men and the power of magic versus women and their relationship with nature. So the violation of the wood queen and her kin results in the sickening of the land and the continuation of violence. So Agnieszka realizes towards the end of the story that unless defeated or healed in some way, the wood would reclaim all those wells, those streams go roaring up the mountainside. It would keep coming. She would keep coming. With this realization in mind, the lens of ecofeminism can be turned towards an evaluation of the novel's language and Agnieszka's acts of healing. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll look at ecofeminist language and how Novak echoes the same types of phrases when talking about Agnieszka's magic. We'll conduct a brief exploration of Agnieszka's choice to heal rather than destroy, and we'll wrap up with a few comments on the potential created by a relationship between fantasy literature and ecological perspectives. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Carrie-Anne's Literature Corner. So far, we've talked about the basics of ecofeminism and how Uprooted situates some female characters and their relationship to nature against certain male characters and their power and influence. As a result of this conflict, we saw that hate, fear, and violence begot the same over and over, and we understand that a change needs to be made. So let's start with some of the naturalistic elements of Agnieszka's magic, move into her decision to try and heal the wood, 
before we step back and close with a look at why fantasy makes a good platform for ecological concerns. All right, language first. Lucy Sargasson identifies an important and valuable aspect of ecofeminist language. She says that ecofeminism has its own peculiar vocabulary. Ecofeminism speaks in terms of natural bodily functions, such as birth, its flows, cycles, and rhythms. So we see in Uprooted that the language used to describe both the wood and Agnieszka's magic follows this pattern. Throughout literature, springtime is associated with birth, growth, and femininity, and Agnieszka notes that the wood was a different place in spring than in winter. There was a sense of quickening and wakefulness. In that same vein, Agnieszka describes the working of her own magic by saying, It seemed to me the sound of the chanting became a stream made to carry magic along, and I was standing by the water's edge with a pitcher that never ran dry, pouring a thin silver line into the rushing current. When her magic comes easily, it continues to manifest in some nature imagery. For instance, flowers were blooming everywhere. Flowers I had never seen, strange blooms dangling and others with sharp points, brilliantly colored, and the room was thick with their fragrance, with the smell of crushed leaves and pungent herbs. I looked around myself alight with wonder, my magic still flowing easily. So this deep resonance Agnieszka has with nature becomes vital in her quest to separate the corruption of the wood and the wood queen from the true naturalistic elements of woodlands. And when choosing between destruction and healing, and it is quite a battle of a choice for her, Agnieszka admits, I wanted her, the wood queen, to burn the way so many of the corrupted had burned because she'd put her hold on them. But wanting cruelty felt like another wrong answer in an endless chain. The change begins with Agnieszka. As Bennett suggests, ecofeminists are less concerned with revolution and more concerned with conversion, person by person, thought by thought, action by action. Moved by understanding and the desire to put an end to violence, Agnieszka releases the Wood Queen from her anger and shows her how to join her people. And looking to the future of the valley, Agnieszka saves or releases, you know, the, some of the different elements of corruption and the magical creatures of the wood one by one. The imagery of healing and regrowth enabled by Agnieszka's magic is beautiful. Novak writes that, like, sweet with renewal, moss crept over the torn, bare patches of earth, new blades of grass unfurling. At the head of the pool, the new heart tree tangled with the old one, bracing it up, sealing over the jagged scar. It's not just Agnieszka's magic that enables her to act as healer of the wood, though. It's also her innate character and capacity for compassion. The creatures of the wood realize this, and they begin to seek her out because they'd learned that she would cleanse the sickened heart trees if she could, and a few of them had even begun to help her. So not only does she attempt to cleanse the wood of corruption, Agnieszka actively contributes to the regrowth and rebuilding of the wood itself. In keeping with the idea that ecofeminist stories suggest new ways to think and act to create a better world today and in the future, 
Agnieszka works hard with her magic to replant the forest. Her actions benefit not only the wood itself, but the creatures within it and her fellow humans. So by enabling this change and promoting a positive relationship between man and the natural world, Agnieszka can be read as a real, though perhaps unwitting, eco-feminist. My conversation partner wondered if Agnieszka could still be viewed as an eco-feminist without the use of her magic. And yes, I think, while possible, some other aspects of the story would have to change. Uprooted is a fantasy novel, and it's this fact that enables some of the other intricacies of the story. And magic is often treated as a natural part of a fantasy story's universe, and disrupting or corrupting that force usually results in adverse conditions for our protagonists. And in Uprooted, by explicitly interweaving magic with nature, the relationships between man and magic, magic and nature, and nature and man, have an exponential increase, I think, in possible points of engagement. Don Elgin identifies this intersection beautifully in his essay, Literary Fantasy and Ecological Comedy. He says that literature, particularly the fantasy novel, offers humanity a way to reintegrate itself into the natural world and in so doing, invites a new relationship between itself, its fellow creature, and the science and literature that create and mirror that world. Uprooted is not publicized as an eco-feminist text, but Barbara Bennett reminds readers that eco-feminist storytelling takes various forms, from traditional fiction to memoir and autobiography, and especially to science fiction and fantasy. And, but though those forms may change, the purpose remains essentially the same, challenging the ideology and practice that has put us in an ecological and humanitarian predicament. As a modern fantasy novel, Uprooted demonstrates that engagement with ecological and humanitarian themes is relevant to the world of today, and participating in conversations about the health of the literary and natural world, I think, are vital to modern humanity. As a result, I think that Uprooted has a really important place in the growing academic discourse of fantasy literature. So what do you think? Do you agree that Uprooted can be read through an ecofeminist lens? Did this seem to make sense? Or do you have things you disagree with? Share this episode with your friends, and go read the book if you haven't already. Naomi Novak's Uprooted has even more to offer. So please don't hesitate to send me a comment or send an email to Carrie-Ann at CarrieAnnDillon.com, or even use Anchor's voice note feature to send me a spoken comment. That's it for today's Literature Corner Conversation. I'm Carrie-Ann Dillon, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. See you next time.